Welcome to another episode of Just Being Amos Podcast with my co-host Trevor. We're going to talk about the series from Disney Plus, The Mandalorian, one of the talked about TV shows in 2019. And also we're going to talk about The Rise of Skywalker. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of Just Me and Amos Podcast. With me, I have Trevor. What's up, Trevor? Hello. Welcome back. How are you all? I'm doing pretty good, man. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you. So Always good to be back. So this episode here is we're going to talk about the rise of, rise of Skywalker, and we're going to talk about the Mandalorian. So we're going to do the Star Wars universe stuff. You know, We're going to do both in one episode. So yeah, double so, the fun. Double the pleasure. Guys. Double the fun. Double the pleasure. So Trevor, I know you are a bigger Star Wars fan than I am. I believe so. Probably. You probably is. You know, you read all the extended universe, the books and stuff as a mm-hmm. teenager, right? And uh, teenager, and then in my twenties. Oh, okay. 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 Because they first they first started coming out when I was in high school, so then it continued going while I was in college, and then afterwards. But it was shortly after college that I kind of stopped reading them. Once it got to the whole um, the New Jedi Order or whatever it was called with the Yuuzhan Vong, or I did not care for those. Mm. Um, okay. So I dropped I dropped it at that point. Okay. Now we we gonna talk about Rise of Skywalker. I kind of watched it after everybody else. You went to see it before I did. And I told you, yeah, man, I'm going to wait. <laughs> so I waited. I said, no spoilers for me. Oh, as a matter of fact, spoiler alert. And before we start this talking about The Rise of Skywalker, if you have not seen this movie already, we are going to say some spoilers. Okay? So you've been warned. You totally agree yeah. with me on that, Trevor? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh-huh. I can't really discuss <laughs> my <laughs> pros and cons of it without major spoilers. Right. <laughs> so... So let's start this conversation about Rise of the Star- Rise of Skywalker. Now I want you to go ahead and start it off, Trevor, since I think you got more um, pros and cons than I do <laughs> in this um, movie. So tell okay. me, what did you like about the movie at well, first? I, at first, I do have to say that overall, I want to say I did find it to be a satisfactory conclusion to the saga. Um, it wasn't the best. But it wasn't anything that I'm like, oh, man, that was like awful. I'm so pissed that they did that. Or, you know, it, it was satisfactory. I went in. I, w- I enjoyed the movie and I, I. I liked where it left it. Right. There were a lot of aspects about it that I did not like, though. Right. Uh, I will get to those later. But the stuff that I did like, you know, it was um, it was humorous. I liked that there, you know, there were certain Yo, aspects was. to it that were that were funny kind of kept it moving along maybe a little too fast paced sometimes. Cause I think they were trying to get through too much in such a short period of time, but you know, it kept going at a reasonable clip. Uh, so I enjoyed that. I, I did like how they managed to integrate Carrie Fisher into the movie, despite her having passed away. You know, they really did her, her character, you know, Leia, uh, a really solid, you know, 
uh, ending note to go out on. Yes. Right. They did. So I was glad they were able to do that. And much as I'm not always a huge fan of like, you know, posthumous, uh, CGI or whatever. Yeah. This was, they actually used footage that was left over from the force, force awakened. Awaken. Yeah. I read right. that. I read that. Um, so it, it did make it interesting. And while I was watching it, I kind of had to, I was trying to think of how somebody who didn't know Carrie Fisher had died before this was made might think of these scenes. Cause of course I was watching it and I was kind of trying to notice, you know, how her reaction compared to the re- the actors trying to react to something that had already been filmed was pieced together. And, you know, they could only use certain bits of dialogue that she had said. So they had to write the scenes around that dialogue, that sort of thing. <laughs> right. So I was, I was trying to look at it like, what would somebody who didn't know that she wasn't actually acting in this movie, how would they see it? Does it work? Cause I'm unfortunately biased because I know that it's not really Carrie Fisher interacting with those actors doing this movie script. It's just recycled footage of her. Um, so I was, I was consciously aware of that, which then made it, a, made it different for, you know, gave me a different perspective when I was watching it, I think. Um, but it, it was, it was well done. I have to give them that. I think I, I they think, did a great job of editing right. that, man. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think, I think if you didn't know, you probably wouldn't have been able to tell, uh, at least not obviously. Right, 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 right. So, I mean, I, I, when I've watched it, though, I, I, like you said, the humor, I forgot about the humor in that thing. Shit. I think some of the humor was kind of, on certain scene was forced, forced in there. It yeah, was, there is some that's always forced. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, it was some scene that was that he was not garnered to be funny at that, at that time. Mm-hmm. But, like you said, there was some humor in there. And having them, I mean, Poe, and Finn and Ray all together, finally together. Yes, doing that a was, mission. That was nice to see them all all together. All on together for once, because you remember Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Everybody, Last Jedi, everybody was doing their, their own damn thing. You know, Ray was training. Um, um, Finn went to this casino planet, and Poe was with the um, with Leia, and so everybody had different things in the last movie. But mm-hmm. in this movie, finally, we see them together. As the, as a team and trying to get the, trying to get something done, so I really enjoyed that um, too. Also, and I just like the way that the way this movie was done. It was more of like it's more of like um, what's the word? Oh, it was more of family and friendship in this one. In mm-hmm. my opinion, is because of like with spoilers for like for Finn. We knew from the beginning, like Force Awakening, that somewhere in there he has some type of potential had to be Force Awakening. You know, just Force the, like a Force sensitivity. Sensitivity, yeah. So, but in this one right here, he actually he he felt it. I mean, he really felt it because it wasn't seen in there when he wanted to tell Ray something. And I said, "What do you want to tell Ray? I'm watching this, and I want." I, and at the, when the movie kept progressing, I said, "You know what?" I think he's going to tell her that he's one with the force. He knows what the, he feels the force, and he's force sensitive. Right, and and J.J. Abrams actually uh, confirmed that when they were sinking in the sand, that was what he's going to say. I thought he was going to confess that he had feelings for her, and then that's why afterwards he kept being like, "Oh, oh, nothing," because he was thinking they were going to die, but then they were alive, so he didn't want to embarrass himself. Yeah, but 
it turns out it was he was going to tell her that he was force sensitive, which at least to me, uh, apparently some people thought it made sense um, or that he was going to say something different. It was um, it, it just didn't seem to make sense that he's like, oh, no, we're going to die. Oh, by the way, I'm force sensitive. And we're dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does that gain you? I mean, I don't know. That's what I that's why it didn't strike me as that was what he was going to say. It was, it was clear that he was force sensitive throughout the the movie yeah because he sucked off saying i've had a feeling he was talking about the in the, in this battle scene the the climax of the movie he talking about the um the ant- antenna or whatever they were trying to he said it's on that ship he said i yeah. know I, I got a feeling it's okay so he is force sensitive you know he's not the only one though and he was talking to a former um stormtrooper the the female right. that something told me to do that you know it was that sort of thing that letting people know that Ray is not the only one who has his force, who has the, is one with the force. You have other people out there, but right. it was kind. It you was know, kind of like, hinted, hinted like Broom Boy from the last. Yeah, Jedi it was hinted in the last Jedi. Story. Yeah, right. So, right. so it kind of builds this idea that there could be a future of Jedi because right. um, right. we're we're seeing some force sensitive people in the world. Right. So that I, I really like that part of it. So I mean, that's one thing I liked about it. And anything else that you um, liked about the movie? Um, yeah, I mean. Uh, um, the uh the wedge cameo of course uh like at the end when everybody shows up uh you know the rebellion basically shows up they manage to get everybody to to come and save the day oh yeah uh, um and one of the one of the cameos you see a guy in an x-wing and um it's uh it's oh, wedge antilles he's older now that's the, right yeah one of the x-wing pilots from the original star wars trilogy and if you've read some of the books and stuff he's like one of my favorite characters and that's that's amazing man that jj abrams he's done he's, he's done his homework yeah. <laughs> and the thing is i mean like you said most of those like those characters man you said was in the book and they said Oh no, we're not gonna use none of these um, characters and anything in um, our movies, and it's not part of canon. Well, but, there aren't, but there but, aren't really many from from the books because the books are no longer treated as canon. Yeah, but, but he was in the movies. He was in all three movies. But the reason why I'm saying that is that in certain, uh, I'm going back on like the Clone Wars and stuff like that, the animated series. Mm-hmm. They actually went to uh, what's his name, General Thrawn, and that's what was that was part Thrawn. I'm thinking. Yeah. Who, uh, yeah, later was Admiral Thrawn um, from the. Uh, yeah, so they actually put him in the Grand the, Admiral. Yeah, Grand, he's just canon now, and right. I, I'm, this is going to go back to when we're going to talk about the Mandalorian when I, when we talk about that. Also, is that they are actually loosely using some of the stuff that probably are in those books, but they won't say it. <laughs> well, they well they have the ability to use those characters and yeah. stuff. So they can introduce them if they choose to. They're basically just saying everything that you read in those books, it's not considered canon right. anymore. It's kind of like an alternate universe. But that doesn't mean they can't use any of those aspects from those things. Yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of messy things in there that were just kind of stupid and you wish didn't exist. And so it's kind of nice to not have those things around So you cherry-picked the best shit but, that's in there. <laughs> yeah, just, you can cherry-pick the best stuff like Grand, Ad, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Right, right. Unfortunately, they weren't able to use Le- uh, Mara Jade. But I heard um, she was a badass. Yeah, and and when she had like a whole relationship with Luke Skywalker. They married, you know, right? Throughout the years, yeah. So obviously, given what we know of Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi and... <laughs> 
that probably never happened. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's I'm glad you said that because I know Watch Mojo mentioned that talking about some of the best stories ever told that's not going to be part of the movie. <laughs> right, and and that's the problem is it's very hard to then cram all of that all of that story that took place after Return of the Jedi into this gap between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens because all of your actors are so much older now. Right. So, right. you know, and now you have a story that you want to start from this point, which then negates a whole lot of stuff that was created in those books. Yeah, I totally agree on that one. Right. So, um, but yeah, so it was nice to see Wedge come back. I mean, I literally like did a fist pump and you know my which much to my girlfriend's amusement in the theater because <laughs> so, i was looking forward to that yeah it's just like the palm of washington avengers endgame and when cap got the hammer i said yeah and yeah exactly like, everybody Woo! <laughs> yeah so that was that was my yeah that was my cap picks up thor's hammer moment <laughs> yeah. in that movie but no yeah i did like um the other things i i really did like about it was i liked uh i liked that we got more backstory on poe because Poe's Poe's always been my favorite character. Because I kind of like the the um, based on the fact that I like Wedge. Is, right. uh, I like the hotshot pilots. Right, right, you right. Know, the guys that they're just normal guys, but they are really good pilots. Um, you know, they're great, uh, great be- behind the cockpit and an and an X wing. And so those kind of characters fascinate me. Yeah, they did get some more into Poe's background in this movie here. Right, so it is. Not, it was interesting to see that he actually had a background in smuggling. When you know, you kind of thought he was, you know, yeah, he's a little bit reckless and everything, but you kind of felt he was like a squeaky clean. You know, oh yeah, he's always been part of the rebellion. He's always been about you know setting things right, but eh, clearly not. <laughs> but you know, I was but reading. Once he decided, once he decided that was the right thing to do, that was the path he stuck to. And right. So it was nice to see how he's grown over the couple movies to become more of a leader. And, you know, finally at the end of this movie, he pretty much takes over once Leia dies as the general of the, the entire uh, rebellion. Rebellion. You know, I was reading um, something online that his parents was part of the rebellion in the book, one of the comic books, man. Yes. And there was a comic book that originally came out that had them, um, I think his mother was a, a pilot right. in um, the Return of the Jedi battle right. over Endor. And then there was a recent one that, that just came that his parents were actually part of setting up the base on Hoth. Yeah, that's that why he's so have a, such like a close relationship with Leia. And I, and I was like, oh, okay, because he does, he did have a close relationship with the general, you know. That she was, that's, yes. that was, that was an ace pilot, and you know, and he for special missions, he was the one he she went to, because I think it's like the, his parents was once part of the rebellion. Mine was a fighter, so yeah, yeah. I, I find that very interesting, man. That how they kind of tie things up in the books. You know, people not going to read the books, but it was pretty cool to have that in there, right. So. Yeah, I like. Uh, yeah, I, I do like that. I like Poe's character, um, and of course, the actual the part that surprised me the most, and which I also thought was one of the most touching scenes in the movie, was the cameo by Harrison Ford. Yo, I was not expecting that. I was not expecting <laughs> no that. As one. soon as I heard his voice, I was like, "Holy shit, is that Harrison Ford?" <laughs> I didn't hear he was going to be in this. Yeah, dude. I'm like, what? I'm like, huh? <laughs> I did the same thing, man. I'm like. He... And I like that part too, man. He finally showed up, and, you know. And Ben, uh, Kylo Ren, actually Ben Solo, 
you know, and I thought that was pretty good, man, to bring him yeah, back. I, it's more of a redemption for Kylo, man, because he was. Uh, yeah, I think more than anything, that's kind of what sold the the redemption portion for me. Right. Is that, you know, Han Solo did come back, and in a scene that echoed their their end, you know, right. the their right. last parting when he killed him. Right. You know, it kind of kind of embraced the fatherly nature of what it was he was trying to do to help his son right and it was like even though he was just in his imagination his son finally understood what he was trying to say and decided you're right i'm going to follow this path um i'm going to do good um what i will mention though is and this is one of the things that kind of bugged me uh, a lot about the movie it's because it's it's something that bugs me a lot uh, when you see it in all sorts of movies and books and stuff like that is that this idea of redemption, you know, you keep hearing people going, well, like, Oh, Darth Vader was redeemed as soon as he saved his son and killed the emperor. And then, you know, Kylo Ren is now redeemed now that he, you know, Leia like helped bring him back. And then, you know, his, his, a uh, memory of his father, et cetera, et cetera. But redemption is not a one-time thing. It's not. It's, I agree. <laughs> it's not one act. You know, and so you, you keep reading all these articles about the now-redeemed Ben Solo. It's like, no, he's not redeemed. He's taken a step to doing the right thing. He's taken a step towards redemption. Redemption is a lifelong thing. Yes, it is. You can't do a million terrible things and destroy millions of lives like he did, like and, Kylo Ren did. Because yeah, Kylo Ren... They tried to play this thing, and this is what kind of bothered me a bit, is that they tried to play this thing that he's been brainwashed since a kid, that it was the Emperor and Vader and the dark side speaking to him and manipulating him. And, you know, some of the comics are trying to be like, well, he didn't attack Luke on the, you know, in the at the Jedi Temple, and it was somebody else, and it was all this, you know. So they're basically trying to excuse all of his bad behaviors. Right. Which is... Unfortunately, when you go with society and stuff, it's kind of like, you know, oh, well, we have to excuse this person who did a terrible thing because his parents didn't teach him right. Or he's never, you know, he's been so spoiled all his life, he's never known any better. Or, you know, you can't help because his parents were divorced. It's like, no, you still have a responsibility to do the right thing. And unfortunately, this kind of excuses him. Oh, like like you say in society, there's a side note that we got the guy in front office. (laughs) <laughs> right so so unfortunately it's it plays a little bit into that which i don't like yeah and then on top of that it's like they kept going the now redeemed ben solo and it's like no no you rede- can't undo it like every single time he had the chance in the previous movies to do the right thing he always chose to do the bad thing every yeah. time so now he's finally well, now it was more like he got his butt kicked and then, you know, his mom, like, pushed all of her force essence into him to kind of be like, yo, dark side, get out of him. Right. So it wasn't quite like a, oh, okay, I, you know, you're right, I was wrong, I decide I need to do, it was more like someone switched his brain. And so suddenly he was like, oh, okay, now I'm good, it's fine. <laughs> you know, but the... it's like, <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Man. But... Yeah, I get what you're saying, man. You know, for redemption is a long process, man. But then again, it's a movie. And you can't, I mean, got to say one scene and say, oh, okay, he's redeemed. I see what you're saying, Trevor. But, I mean, if you want to do a redemption art, you're going to have to be just not one movie. You're going to have to be numerous movies. <laughs> so Right. And and that was, that's fine because at least the, the thing with the, 
the way it was set up in the force awakens was that you can see that he's kind of conflicted and even in the last jedi when he fails to shoot his mom he's so conflicted so there was conflict in him but they didn't build it up quite as well because once he killed snoke it was kind of like he's in this now i'm full bad guy i'm taking over and you know i don't want to be like the dark or light side or a balance or anything like that i just you know forget the past we're going to go forward type thing uh, which was an interesting take on it but we didn't get enough of that wavering in this movie for that sudden change to really stick quite as well yeah but i was willing to forgive that i was willing to go with okay he's turning towards the good i like that he went after ray and he helped in the battle at the end and you know that was fine um and i even didn't mind the whole once once ray had defeated the emperor and he managed to climb out of the pit you know out of the darkness again um he came and he gave his life force to save her yeah and then he died because I think that's kind of a fitting ending is that either he had to, if he survived, he needed to be placed on trial for all of his war crimes and everything like that. And, you know, and serve his penance for the bad things he did. And if you want to be redeemed, you need to face the consequences of your actions. That's yeah. the most important thing. You can't run away from them. Otherwise that's not redemption. Nope. But so I was fine with him dying by giving up his life to, um, to Say save Ray. Right. What I really did not like was that kiss. No, I, didn't like, I did not like ru- that. That one thing almost ruined the entire movie for me. I didn't, because, that was not necessary. I don't think that was not well, necessary at all. Right. One, because, yeah, it was completely unnecessary. Two, it was giving too much to the fans. It was like a fan service thing because yeah. all those people like, oh, they, Ray and Kylo should get together. They have this connection. They have this bond. You know, it's like, yes, there's a chemistry between the actors and the characters. I'm not going to deny that. But to me, it felt more like a brother-sister bond. Yes. It seemed like it was more like that because at first we were wondering, are they both Han and Leia's kids or something like that? Um, So it felt to me more brotherly. But also the fact that, you know, the fact that they did kiss at the end kind of said, oh, you've been like an abusive asshole your entire life. But because you did one good thing, now you get the girl. Yeah, and I didn't care. That, for that just that just I felt really uncomfortable with. Yeah. That, I just thought that was a bad message. Yeah, I agree with you and on then, that one. Yeah, so that part really bothered me uh, in the movie. And then what made it even worse is that I read an article like two days later where J.J. Abrams did an interview and said that yeah, he thought of them as being brother and sister or having a brotherly sisterly bond. But that he put that scene in as kind of like an homage to Luke and Leia's kiss in <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. And it was like, okay, first of all, that wasn't a peck, like, you know, just a quick peck kiss. That was a full-on bake-out session. Yeah, it was. That was all so in there. It was more than, more than a second, man. It was like, right. it was like five seconds. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty long kiss. And yeah. two, um, the Luke and Leia thing... Once we found out they were a brother and sister, we looked back on that scene and went, ew, that's gross. Yeah, man. We don't want to see that shit. (laughs) Right. So it's like that wasn't an homage to do. It was because we weren't all excited about that Luke Leia kiss. We kind of thought it was creepy and disgusting once we realized they were related. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree with you on that kiss part, the kissing thing. I ain't care for much for that at all. Um, I think, I mean... The the Papatine twist that here was his great that was his granddaughter. I like okay, mm-hmm. I see why she's so powerful with the force because she's is because like her grandfather. I said, okay. And I mean I had no problem with that, man. We kinda figure out she has some ties to the force with someone. 
and it right. was the that emperor. One, yeah, that one was kind of one of those things that I wasn't enthused about the fact that the emperor was coming back because then yeah. that kind of rewrites things from Return of the Jedi and. It's like, well, how's this going to work? Suddenly he's alive, and they don't really ever explain why he's alive or how he's alive. It's kind of gloss over that part. Oh, I see he's a clone. He put his conscience in that clone. That's what happened. Well, sort of. They don't really explain it too well. And even the editor said that there was like an explanation for it, but they cut all that stuff out because it, wow. it, really? it wasn't necessary. It's like, um, no, it's yeah, kind of a pivotal point. Yeah. <laughs> you really need to explain how that happened because it now affects all of the movies. But, Maybe we get but, the deleted scenes in the damn right. Blu-ray DVD. Who knows? Hmm. But I was, uh, but I was okay with it. It it worked to an extent. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the direction I would have gone with it. Right. But it worked, and I was, and it didn't distract from my enjoyment of the movie. Well, I guess it went as a full circle, man. It just closed out a chapter. He he was the main it from does. the beginning. It makes him like the main villain. Yeah, yeah from, from the start beginning, to finish. from the prequels right. to the prequels and to this. So yeah, right. I mean he's and it's understandable because once they killed off Snoke, J.J. Abrams had to come up with something because that was originally Snoke was supposed to be the new big bad, but right. he was yeah most assuredly dead after the Last Jedi. Yeah, so and, he had to come up with something. And found um, out he was behind Snoke. So, so right. So at least it explained that a little bit. Um, so I was okay with that. Um, the parentage thing, you know, the whole lineage. Yeah, uh, I was okay with it but it wasn't my favorite um who slept with that old man (laughs) well no well yeah that too but but it was because the last jedi made a point to be like to set this um this the ryan johnson flipping expectations thing was that you know we thought she had to be a kenobi or a skywalker or you know a solo or you know maybe there were people who were theorizing that maybe she was a palpatine and stuff like that right and but that just basically suggested that she was part of a legacy. Right. Like, you know, Not a part, good like one. That, well, that, well, no, just in general, that in order to be something in this Star Wars universe, you have to be someone important. Right. You have to come from an important bloodline. You know, this is the same thing as saying that, you know, you have to be, uh, you know, like in the, if you want to look at it as a real world parallel, it's like you're special because you're a Trump because you come from a powerful family right. or you're special because you're a Hilton because you come from the Hilton family or you're special because you're a Rockefeller because you know, it's this legacy idea that, you know, oh, you're, yes. you can only make a difference in this world because you, someone in your lineage is important right. and that makes you important. Right. And the last Jedi brought this notion that she was a nobody. She comes from nowhere. And it kind of, it was this great message that, you can come from nothing and be something important. You can make yourself something important. It's and that was the notion I liked. They did flip it a little, and at least they managed to stick the landing with it by being like, "Oh, she's a Palpatine." But the whole message at the end was, "You're not necessarily where you come from. Your family is who you choose." Yes. So that that whole ending where she decided to change her name to, or to use her name as Skywalker because she never had a last name. Right. Was so, you know, it was very fitting saying that I may be by uh, blood a Palpatine, but in my heart I'm a Skywalker. Which this I was, I, I, I was, I was satisfied with that. I mean, right. when she so did at that. least they stuck that landing, but I didn't like that they switched it because it seemed like it was a lot of the problems I had with this movie was they were giving too much to the fandom. 
And right. um, and so that's kind of what it felt like. Is that well, the fandom wanted you know Kylo and uh, Ray to be lovers, so Not let's me. have them kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but a lot of them did. You know, the most the most extreme fandom. Let me say, not just all of fandom, but the loudest ones. Or you know, the um, they wanted Ray to be from some some lineage. So we're gonna have to make her Palpatine. She's not from nothing. That was a lie. Let's you know. So they gave it that. And then the the most egregious one, for me, is the fact that Rose had no screen time. Oh yeah. She that's... literally has less than two minutes of screen time in the entire movie, and. That one I really don't like because it basically gave the toxic fandom what they wanted. They hated Rose in that second movie, and she was getting in the way of Finn and Ray, and they, you know, and they were so mean to the actress Kelly Marie Tran that they, you know, they, um, they forced she quit uh, Instagram and then quit all social media shortly after that, and you know they were just awful. And unfortunately, this kind of reinforces their behavior because it's like, okay, you didn't like Rose. We're going to give you less Rose. It's like, no, you should have kept her as an important element. And they did all this bullshit. It was like, we we shot more or some of her scenes were with Leia, but the CGI wasn't up to par. The scenes that we had wasn't capturing what we wanted. So, you know, a lot of it either wasn't shot or ended up on the cutting room floor. And that's bullshit. It's all bullshit. Tell them how you really feel, Trevor. (laughs) <laughs> no i'm just gonna give you this yes <laughs> so yeah so a lot of that just you know really kind of took away some of my enjoyment of the movie is the stuff that they gave to the extreme the extremely loud fans yeah it was too much giving them what they want and in some ways that's a bad thing yeah, yeah they folded. i get that with the star wars movies a lot of it is Um, And this is why The Last Jedi rubbed people the wrong way, is that it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of, you know what you should be expecting, you know what's coming up, you know the cliches of how this movie, you know, these movies work and stuff like that. And, you know, The Last Jedi kind of turned all of those on your head and made people be like, "Ah, I'm not sure how I feel about this. And then this was a movie saying, all right, we're going to give you back all the stuff that you're expecting, and it's going to go how you think it's going to go. Which is fine, but unfortunately, it it kind of went up against what came before. Right. So it was almost like it was undoing the previous movie, which overall is a problem with Disney Disney's game plan for the whole Star Wars, this new Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, they wasn't was that they didn't that. map anything out. No. They basically said, "Okay, directors, you're in charge. Just do whatever you want." And that's... obviously, you know, they're gonna. They're gonna say, "Oh no, that doesn't work," or you know, "No, we don't. We want, don't want you to do that." That well, sort of thing. See what they But done. they didn't say, "Here's the roadmap. Follow it," and just kind of add your own story points. Yeah, they were trying to do the Marvel Cinematic stuff. Like, right. nah, it wouldn't work. But you know what, though? So speaking of that, Kevin Feige is going to be part of the Star Wars universe now. He's going to be heading some stuff, some projects, stuff now. So. That's a busy man. <laughs> yeah, I'm very busy man. I don't know how he gets anything done. Yeah, right. He ain't getting no sleep, man. He may have a clone of himself. Shit. But all in all, man, for me, I like I said, Rise of the Skywalker. It was satisfied. I was satisfied with it. It's not the one of my favorite Star Wars movies, but I was satisfied with it, man. It had some hiccups in there, like you said. Some of the things you said, I totally, I, I agree with. But yeah, yeah man. And- and I don't want to. I don't want it to sound like I'm bad mouthing the movie because I did enjoy it, but there were just a lot of things that I was deeply troubled by. So 
this was my rant to get that off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> so to my listeners, this is um, Trevor's rant. And so this thanks is, for listening, guys. Appreciate <laughs> you. So, you know, if you haven't checked out Rise of Skywalker, check it out. You know, it's 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 not it's a good Star Wars movie. I liked it. I it's enjoyed it. It's worth watching. It's worth it's watching. It's definitely worth watching. So yeah, you know, it, it it closes out the series in a satisfactory manner. Right. So. It is. Speaking speaking of Star Wars related, The Mandalorian. That's one of your favorite shows, right, Trevor? Yeah, actually, it's a really good show. Yes. So it just ended um, about a week ago, I guess, and I really enjoyed the ending of season one. I, I, I enjoyed the whole season anyway, but there was I had plenty of Easter eggs in there for this season. Mm-hmm. You know, they brought in some um, aliens, uh, well, characters that creatures that you've seen before, and um, just like like the last episode, dude. When uh, well, I forgot the guy's name who played uh, the Darth. Um, the, the bad guy, I can't think of his name. Um, he was after the baby, um, the Yoda baby. And you, the, the, you mean the general or the, the general? Or the yeah, older, the general. Or the older guy. Oh, the general that shot the older guy <laughs> in the chest. Uh, yeah. Yo, you see him bringing like death troopers. Those are the one the blacks, black troopers, the black um, call them death troopers, I think. Then you had stormtroopers out there. So you finally see the person who's behind the um. The scenes, that guy, mm-hmm. right? And so, like I said, man, I really enjoyed this whole entire series, man. I like the the lone wolf and the cub, uh, you know, that aspect of it, the western spaghetti western type of thing. Yeah, it was Sci-fi it was a different. Western. Yeah, it was a different style. You know, it was a lot, very much, yeah, western. And you know, there was even that one aboard the spaceship, the prison ship. That oh, was that more one, like a, the prison break, a, a horror. <laughs> It was almost like a horror movie, like Alien or something like that, right. you know. So they definitely embraced different genres and stuff, which I thought was really well done. Yeah, I think John Favreau and um, Filoni. Yeah, he man, Filoni, yeah. dude, he's he's good. He, he know his stuff. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because you know he's behind the Clone Wars animation series too. I think Rebels also. So mm-hmm. he he was um, given a duty of like doing the connective tissue of those shows and stuff like that. And I'm kind of glad that they had used some of those, those those things in the show for canon and Mandalorian, him for, per se of the the black saber that the guy had. That was actually in the Clone Wars for the um, the Mandalorians had that. Mm-hmm. And I said that's pretty cool, man, bringing that back. And people said, what is that? So if no one ever actually saw the animation, go check it out because they got a whole story arc about that stuff. So I kind of I was kind of digging that too, also bringing that stuff and and just the characters man that they brought in the mando uh, mandalorian in his world that they brought in was was great carl weathers he's a scoundrel <laughs> yeah yeah carl um, weathers is good good and um what's her name gina um Car- yeah who played Kara or whatever the um the, she was a a rebel shock trooper right the ex an ex rebel um, shock trooper right she used to be a ufc fighter i forgot her name um, but yeah, she she was good. Even the droids, man. <laughs> yeah, well, IG eighty eight. Yes, great. Do you know who did the voice of IG eighty eight? Yeah, Taiki. Um, yeah, Taiki Waititi. Waititi. Yeah, the actor director. But yeah, he's the guy who directed Thor Ragnarok. Right. I like him. And you know, and yeah, he directed and stars in What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, he's he's really good. Yes. Is he going to be in a movie with Ryan Reynolds this year? Free Free Guy. 
free guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be there with them. Uh, but yeah, man, um, I really, like I said, this is something different from Star Wars. I think hopefully future TV shows, like I heard they're going to do Obi-Wan uh, show. I hope it's something different. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really like, I really enjoy this um, this TV series, man. I can't wait for season two. I actually saw some concept art for some, um, I can't think of the the creature, man. He's like a hog with the green. He was in Return of the Jedi. Those characters, man. Oh, the Gamorrean guards. Yes, yes. They, I actually yeah, the saw. Gamorreans. Actually, actually saw a concept of that of that character, man. Yeah, but the concept art is is great. Dude. Like during the closing credits, oh, I want th- you kind of see the the slow motion stills of the concept art. It's amazing to look at. It's just beautiful. If they have an art book for that for season one, I would definitely buy that, man. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I think I, they do, or at least a digital one or something. I thought I saw that, but yes, no, I I agree. It's it's great yeah um and then uh you know of course the one thing we haven't mentioned oh, is yeah. the breakout star of the show of course baby, baby yoda, yoda. <laughs> <laughs> baby yoda of course and you know what and um john favreau knew they, they didn't want to do any um properties i mean toys and nothing like that at first they wanted it to be a surprise and i was watching right. online oh, it was a looper they said that disney lost 2.7 million dollars in at merchandise because of that because of that but it was a gamble because now they pre-ordered this the plush and the figure like that. Just when it when it comes out, shit, man, they're gonna make it. Up. It is, yeah. I mean, they'll they'll make up for it, no yeah. doubt. But yeah, during the holiday season, you know, it was for for an entity like Disney who makes bank on merchandising. That's kind of their thing. Yes, to not do any merchandising. That's like a big, um, I wouldn't say gamble because it's not like Disney needs more money, but that's <laughs> definitely, it's definitely a big step for them to do. It's, you know, it's, it's almost like, you know, tell uh, a drug addict, you know, holding off and not doing cocaine for <laughs> <laughs> several months, you know, it's, it's that equivalent. It's, um, <laughs> You know, it, it seemed like the obvious thing that they would do, but it was nice to see that they actually listened and decided that the surprise factor was more important than merchandising and money right yeah, at the Christmas season. Right, yeah, because that was and, a smart uh, move for John Favreau to do that because, it, like you it said, was. and, and I, I think it, I think it worked in the show's favor too because yeah. as soon as people started, you know, word of mouth started getting around about this adorable baby Yoda. You know, I think more people came on board to watch. Yes. yes. But if you had seen like stills or things like that, you know, early on about this baby Yoda and it was part of the whole, you know, you probably just would have been like, oh, okay, that sounds interesting. But and yeah, he's cute, but I'll catch it when I catch it, you know. <laughs> but this was kind of like, oh, now I got to see what is going on with this baby Yoda that everybody's talking about. Yeah, he's that, um, that, that baby Yoda is strong with the force, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, but. Apparently, the whole holding off on the reveal, I think it came from Donald Glover, actually. Yes, I, I, I saw yeah, that. It was on... He was talking with John Favreau and mentioned, you know, that one of the things that Lion King, they lost, were doing Lion King, that's right. He directed right, Lion this, King. Right, is this idea of, you know, surprise. There's so much that's already revealed in trailers and revealed ahead of time, you know, on, on set pictures and things like that, that's we're not surprised by things anymore. And oh. so I think John Favreau took that to heart and was like, 
let's do that with this baby Yoda. Let's make it a surprise. I need I need and more of that. Disney man. got on board with it. Yeah. I need more of I that. Agree. I agree. I like when things are surprising. Yeah, me too. I know, like I like that. I need more. A lot of, that. of times I'll see a trailer to a movie and I'll feel like I've already watched the whole movie. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not really excited to go see it because <laughs> it's like I feel like I already know what happened. <laughs> you know, they did that with Infinity War, man. Added, for the trailer they added like scenes and that was not in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I want to be surprised now, man, because like you say, with social social media and the internet, it's nothing safe, man. So it's no surprise, there's no like, oh, none of that. Oh man, I got to see. It's none of that. But when they right. reveal Baby Yoda, dude, I'm like, what the hell? It's <laughs> like shit. I thought Yoda yeah, was the only only part only of his one one of the kind. I mean, I thought he was the only one. Right. Yeah. So it's it's something surprising. And, you know, I think it's kind of the same reason why a movie like Pirates of the Caribbean did so well. Right. Was because you kind of knew that, OK, yeah, what's his name? Um, Johnny Depp is going to be in here as, you know, the Jack, Jack Sparrow. Sparrow or whatever. Sparrow, yeah. But you're like, oh, this is based on a Disney ride. This is so stupid. But then people went to go see it and they were really surprised by the performance and the kookiness of it and everything. And they were like, you have to see this movie. And, you know, the word of mouth is what got things going. And it's kind of the same idea. And we don't get enough of that anymore. You know, I, I think I was reading or I was watching uh, something on TV that they're going to think they're rebooting that series without Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it needs to die. After the first one, it started going downhill. <laughs> that first one was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel you, man. But yeah, man, like I said, Mandalorian, if you guys do not have Disney Plus, I'm, I'm putting the plug in like I'm working for Disney. Uh, if you don't have Disney Plus, I would kind of recommend you buy it just for that show only for now. Because, you know, Disney Plus is going to bring out some of the Marvel TV stuff this year, later this year. So Yeah, there was actually some interesting articles I was seeing that it makes sense. And it was something I was kind of thinking about. But uh, Disney actually may have shot themselves in the foot a little bit with, uh, the Disney Plus and the Mandalorian, right? Because basically, they gave people a reason to subscribe to see the Mandalorian, and trust me, it's worth seeing. So definitely see it. But then the problem is, is that the next original programming they have wasn't scheduled until like late 2020 with like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's right. Um, which leaves like this seven month, eight month gap between the Mandalorian and the next big thing, which a lot of parents will probably just keep Disney plus so that they have things that their kids can watch. Oh, and of stuff course. Like that. But anybody who subscribed for these new shows is going to be like, well, I've seen the Mandalorian and now I got eight months. I'm not going to pay this for eight months. I'm just <laughs> yeah. going to quit my subscription now and I'll come back when the show comes. Yeah. So that's like a lot of lost revenue right there. Yeah, Disney should have. Yeah, yeah, they needed to plan that better for things to be coming out just, you know, on a regular every couple month basis. Well, now, once they got this out of the way, now going back to what you just said, now with the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, now WandaVision is slated to come in 2029. Well, yeah, they moved that one up. I think they realized their mistake as well, but unfortunately, it's too little, too late. There's nothing they can do to make it faster. Yes. But yeah, it does sound like they're pushing things. I think Hawkeye is now going to be sooner than they had planned, but they're starting to shoot that this summer and uh, and stuff like that because, yeah, I think they're they're trying to make up for that, but there could be that gap between Falcon and Winter Soldier and Mandalorian where a lot of people drop it for a while. 
Well, I'm good. I mean, I got it. Like I said, I got, I got it the free. year pass, so yeah. I'm not going to get rid of it. I've already paid for it all up front. I got it's, it free. So it's fine. So I'm good. So whenever, yeah, when yeah. It, whenever stop, when it's not free again, I pay it $69.99. <laughs> so, yeah, so guys, like I said, check out The Mandalorian. If you have not seen it yet, it's one of the um, popular TV shows out there now. Just finished up eight um, episodes of season one. So that's it, man. Um, anything else you got to say, Trevor? No, I I enjoyed that one. I thought it was really good. I highly recommend it. I mean, I wasn't even looking forward to seeing that one. It wasn't really on my radar as something I was I telling had you about it though. Well, everybody had been telling me about it. I knew it existed, but it. I think I mentioned this on the the on the episode the 2019 end of year one. Right. Is that I don't really care much for the Mandalorians. I think Boba Fett is overrated, and you know so. It wasn't like, as, oh, a whole series focusing on the Mandalorians. Uh, yeah, who cares? But you know, um, but... I was like, well, it's Star Wars, so I will eventually see it. But I wasn't in a hurry to get Disney Plus because of that. But then I heard it was really good and this whole Baby Yoda thing and everything. So I was like, I got an opportunity to buy Disney Plus at a good deal. So I jumped on it. And, you know, I, I'm glad I did because it's a really good series. Speaking about the Fett, man, he and, and, and his father... They really was not Mandalorians, as per Technically, se. no, they, they weren't. Were not. But, you know, those were the Mandalores that we originally knew, you know, back when. So what, the day. What, and because of the fact that they were wearing Mandalorian armor and right. blah, 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 it kind of made me not give a crap about Mandalorian to begin with. I didn't even want to read up on their history because I didn't care. But now after watching this and just going back, to this, and I'm going to watch some of the Clone Wars stuff with the Mandalorian story arc. I want to look up more on that. But it, it's a It's a way. You know, remember how you say this is the way, you know, because yeah. he actually not a Mandalorian per se, but it's the way of the the, the way they live. Right. He's yeah. He's become a Mandalorian, Mandalorian. because they basically adopted him right. into the order. The order. Um, but yeah, the the show definitely does have a lot of uh, a lot of good catchphrases. So you know, this, this is, is the way. way. <laughs> There's a lot of people saying that, and yeah. then of course Quill with his. <laughs> I have spoken. <laughs> well, you can, uh, that one's always a fun one to use whenever you're like, you know, nope, I said this is what we're going to do. And it's like, no, you don't have to. I have spoken. I have spoken. <laughs> so when someone says, man, you going to do it? No, this is the way. <laughs> you know, it's just, no, this is the way. This is the way. No, this is the way. <laughs> this is the way. I have spoken. I have spoken. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah no, nah, it's, it's got some fun catchphrases. Yeah, it does, man. But yeah, man, that's it. Like I said, um, check it out. Rise of Skywalker and The Mandalorian. You want to get your Star Wars fix. Those that's the movie to watch and that's the show to um to watch. So Trevor, how you wanna leave this? Check you out on what now? What's yeah, you can check me out on Twitter at, at Toshiro No Ronin. And man, you need to get back on your blogging, dude. Yeah, it just takes me so long to write stuff. D- you know, now that I have this podcast to get all my rants out. Uh, yeah, you ain't lying. You're right. <laughs> I think that's the biggest problem uh, I have is that, and, you know, I do apologize to the listeners, but there's a lot of things that I do like, but I'm not very good at expressing why I like them. So when I, it's, it's kind of like when you're, it's kind of like commenters. You don't get a lot of the commenters who are like, hey, that was great. Thanks for this insightful read or anything like that. You always get the shitty ones where they're like, well, you're stupid because of this. And this was awful. You know, it's easier to leave the negative comment than the positive comment. For me, it's the same way with blogging. It's like, 
I don't always have enough words to express why I like something or why it's good, but I am very good at nitpicking things because it's like that's how I grew up, you know, right. going to film school and stuff. It's like you had to think through the story and look for the plot holes and fill them in. And so I always watch things with that nitpicky eye, which is why I'm very good at being nitpicky about it. <laughs> you really are nitpicky, dude. Yeah. You and so. Seth. <laughs> shout, right. out to, shout out to Seth. <laughs> but yeah, you are nitpicky, man. So, right. so yeah, I'll, I'll tend you'll hear a lot of the negatives, but that doesn't mean I didn't like something. It just means that, you know, I, I see the flaws sometimes a little too easily. And right. I sometimes wish that I couldn't because then I could enjoy it more. Right. But right. I'm not built that way. <laughs> hey, man, that's how you are, man. So exactly. That's how I am. So for me, guys, you can check me out at justbeingamous.com. You can check out my social media accounts at justbeingamous on Twitter. Instagram, and Facebook. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. We did. Peace.